Welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin. Each week we turn to God's Word and Scripture for wisdom and guidance to help us through the challenges of life. God's Word can help us not just survive, but thrive during even the hardest of times. The past year qualifies for most of us among the hardest of times. All of our lives have been disrupted by the invasion of the novel coronavirus. Even if we have not personally suffered the loss of a loved one, the sheer magnitude of the loss of life in America and around the world affects us all, consciously and unconsciously. This week, America stopped to acknowledge the loss of 500,000 of our family, friends, and neighbors. That number is almost incomprehensible. Joseph Stalin's, Stalin's regime was responsible for over 3 million deaths. And Stalin said, one death is a tragedy, a million deaths is a statistic. Stalin used the inability to appreciate such mass numbers to hide the immensity of his war crimes. We, on the other hand, need to bear our limitations in mind so that we do not forget any of those who died. In a speech honoring those 500,000 dead this week, President Biden said, The people we lost are extraordinary. We have to resist becoming numb to the sorrow. Today I would like us to pause for a moment to consider how we can best honor and deal with the multitude that we have lost, so we don't become numb. It says in the book of Proverbs, the memory of the righteous is a blessing. In saying the people we lost were extraordinary, Biden was putting them all in the category of the righteous. He was not just romanticizing. That was an appropriate thing to say since all of them, from the youngest to the oldest, from what society considers the least to the greatest, and the most saintly to the most sinful, we're all children of God who have contributed to who we are as people. We are all connected. Therefore, when we remember them, we are blessed. There are many ways that we can remember. One of those ways is through formal public rituals, such as the one held last week at the White House. Losses of this magnitude require acts of sufficient size and solemnity to help us process and put our loss into perspective. The 500 candles on the White House steps provided an impressive visual, made much more impressive when we realized that each candle represented a thousand lost lives. One of the best visual reminders of loss that I've seen is Arlington National Cemetery. Looking out over acres and acres of white crosses, over 400,000 in all, inspires awe. But even that number falls 100,000 short of our COVID losses. We need to be awed once in a while. We need to be humbled. Many such visual reminders of loss memorialize war dead. One mass cemetery is described in the poem In Flanders Field a war poem written during the First World War by Canadian physician Lieutenant Colonel John McCrae. He was inspired to write it on May 3, 1915, after presiding over the funeral of a friend and fellow soldier, Lieutenant Alexis Helmer, who died in the Second Battle of Ypres. According to the legend, fellow soldiers retrieved the poem after McCrae, initially dissatisfied with his work, discarded it. It goes like this. In Flanders' field the poppies blow, between the crosses, row on row. 
that mark our place and in the sky the larks, still bravely singing, fly scarce heard, heard among the guns below. We are the dead. Short days ago we lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow, loved and were loved, and now we lie in Flanders Field. Take up our quarrel with the foe. To you from failing hands we throw the torch. To be yours to hold it high. If ye break faith with us who die, we shall not sleep, though poppies grow in Flanders Field. Those killed in battle speak to us in this poem. They urge us to take up the battle with the enemy. They throw the torch to us. Although our 500,000 lost were not killed by the bullets of fired by flesh-and-blood enemies, our foe is just as real and just as lethal. And our dead shall not sleep if we break faith with them and do not continue the fight. So we must remember them. It's also important for us to remember in smaller and more personal ways. And that's why almost every night on the local and national news, you'll hear the stories of individual losses, of people who have died. Here are a couple of them. Patricia Friesen, 61, died March 16, 2020. Patricia Friesen spent her career caring for the others as a nurse. Her nephew, Tara Friesen, said his aunt always had a knack for helping people and her main thing was to make people smile. She was very family-oriented, very spiritual, he said. My aunt loved to read the Bible and loved to play with her nieces and nephews. She always was available. In March, a trip to an Illinois hospital for breathing troubles would lead to a sudden tragedy the family is still trying to understand. Tr Patricia died on March 16th from the coronavirus. She was Illinois' first fatality from the illness. And while the family was trying to come to terms with Patricia's death, her sister, Wanda Bailey, began to show symptoms. A little over a week later, Wanda died at 63. Because of the pandemic, the family has not been able to grieve. But once this is over, the first thing we'll do is get together and celebrate their lives, Tara said. Here's another story. Alvin Simmons, 54, died March 17, 2020. Second chances were sacred to Alvin Simmons. He believed everybody deserves them, and he had plans to make the most of his. He definitely felt like he had had a second chance, said Alvin's sister, Michelle Wilcox. And this time, everything was actually going in his favor. Before coronavirus, I can actually say I think my brother was on the best path he'd ever been in his whole life. Alvin, an Army vet who served in Desert Storm, had faced his share of troubles, his sister said. But less than a month before he became ill, he was hired at Rochester General Hospital as an environmental service worker. He always wanted to work in a hospital, Michelle said. He loved helping people. He just thought sick people deserved someone who actually cared to be around them. She said one of the hardest parts of losing her brother is seeing how other people are treating the pandemic. I see a lot of people in my community still having parties and gatherings, 
And it's kind of heart-wrenching because they're putting so many other people's lives at risk. Well, those are two stories. There are at least 499,999 more of them to be told. They're told on news shows. You can read them in newspaper obituaries every day. You know, I used to avoid reading them and watching the news. They were just too hard to watch or read. But I think that that may be a selfish position to take. I need to hear the stories. I need to know these people. I need to remember them. Unfortunately, many of us will be called upon to remember on a more personal level. <clears throat> many of us are losing family members and close friends. As the pastor of a large church for almost 30 years, I presided at the funerals and memorials of almost 2,000 people. Almost without fail, the most important part of that process came when we gathered together back at the church hall for a meal and fellowship. Mourners would come in teary-eyed from the cemetery, grab a ham sandwich and potato salad, and seat themselves in groups of eight around plastic tables. I'd say a table prayer, and then something miraculous happened. They started telling stories of the person we had just committed to God, and soon a roar of voices and peals of laughter would fill the room. They were telling stories. They were not trying to forget their pain. They were just beginning to remember their love. And we were all blessed. Unfortunately, one of the challenges that we face in this particular crisis is that it keeps us from gathering. In the future, many of us will be gathering to do some makeup remembering. I know many families who have memorials scheduled for this summer for people who have died months ago. I suppose and hope that one day when this pandemic has been conquered, we will be establishing monuments and memorials to those we have lost. It's never too late to remember. We can echo and adopt the words we uttered after 9-11 to our COVID losses. Never forget. As important as memory is, Christians have something even more important to help us cope. We have a promise of eternal life. We believe that those we have loved and lost will not only live in our memories, but they will also be resurrected to new and eternal real life. These words from the Apostle Paul sum up that belief best for me. He writes in 1 Corinthians 15, What I am saying, brothers and sisters, is this. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I will tell you a mystery. We do not all die, but we all will be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For this perishable body must put on imperishability, and this immortal bo mortal body put on immortality. When this perishable body puts on imperishability, and this mortal body puts on immortality, then the saying that is written will be fulfilled. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved, be steadfast, immovable 
always excelling in the works of the Lord, because you know that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. We must remember. We remember the dead. We also remember Jesus Christ and how he suffered and died. And we remember the promise he made. Just as he died and was raised from the dead, so too will all of us share in that new life. So where do we go from there? What do we do with our memories? President Biden put it this way. That's how you heal. You have to remember. The day will come when the memory of the loved one you lost will bring a smile to your lips before a tear to your eye. And he added saying that, for me, the way through sorrow and grief is to find purpose. If we can convert the power of grief to purpose, there is nothing that we cannot do. We can heal the sick. We can comfort the grieving. And we can rebuild our lives with hope and confidence. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you will come back again. In the meantime, may God bless you and keep you. And may the memory of Jesus Christ lift you and protect you from all sorrow.